hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the LG Effect. I am Cassandra Brooks, aka your girl, Lala, the queen of conquering. And I am here today with none other than a great friend of mine. We are going to talk about an issue that it seems to be a growing issue, or shall I say it's baby being, we're being now becoming more aware of um this issue that is going on i know it's been going on for a while but before i introduce my guests and before we get started y'all already know how it goes down on the lg so i'm going to need for you to go get your favorite beverage of choice it could be coffee tea juice water a glass of milk or maybe even that turtle mocha sippy but today I am going to be sipping on some hot coffee because my throat is a little, 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 little scratchy. But nonetheless, we're not going to delay. I am so excited to have my friend with me on today, Mr. Kevin Dixon. How are you? Doing fine today. How about you, my friend? I'm doing well, other than a little scratchy throat. But, you know, we keep it moving, right? You got to. Got, got to. to. That's right. That's right. Today, we are going to be talking about PTSD. PTSD. And Mr. Kevin, can you tell us what that is? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder. And I don't know, maybe you can shed a little light. I know I've heard of it in times past, but it seems to be more prevalent and more heard of now than before. But it's actually been going on a while, right? Oh, uh, PTSD has been going on for years. You know, a lot of people have tried to uh, downplay it and try to make make it like it doesn't exist, but it has been going on for a while. A lot of, uh, especially a lot of people in the church try to put it down. They say, you know, it's a mind thing. Don't, you know, that's the thing of the devil. Don't let it uh, get you and stuff. But you know, just as it says, you know, post-traumatic. Post means something that has already happened. You know, you can't, you know, not uh, say something that didn't happen, that has happened in the past. So you have to, you know, stuff that has happened in the past, you have to go ahead and deal with it now. You have to uh, take care of it now so it don't keep on destroying you or messing up your future. You have to put a, not a band-aid on it, but you have to take care of what's going on because uh, PTSD can really have a havoc on your life. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. I, I've heard a few people that have had PTSD and just watching even some documentaries on uh, the television about PTSD. It could be very, seem to be very stressful and it just baffles me how some people either want to misdiagnose it, mislabel it, give it another name, put another face to it, uh, instead of just calling it what it is. And it's a traumatic experience that one has had. And you can't tell me, and I can't tell you or anybody else how I can I can only relate and I can try and, and uh, counsel you and where you are, but I can't tell you that you shouldn't be stressed or have post traumatic stress behind an incident or life issues or things that have transpired over the years um, in your life. And like you said, sometimes 
the church frowns upon it. They put, try to put another label on it or they try to just discourage it altogether and not recognize that it's actually uh, an issue that is, is real life uh, transforming. And it not only affects the person that has it, but it affects those um, that are around them. Can you just share with the audience on today how PTSD has affected you? And when did you first, um, I guess it's going to be a two-part question. <laughs> when did you first um, was diagnosed as having PTSD and how was life after that? Uh, when was it first? Uh, when did I first recognize mm -hmm. that I had it? Mm -hmm. uh, Were you diagnosed I, or you just knew that that's what you had? Well, no, I actually was uh, diagnosed with it. I was uh, seeing a doctor at the VA and it was really hard. I knew I was having, you know, issues and I thought it was just, you know, it could have been just regular depression. And then I was, you know, me and the doctor was talking and we was talking about, you know, things that had happened to me in the Navy. It was just, you know, talking about the different things. And, you know, one of the things that had happened in the Navy, you know, we were on the way to the Gulf and, you know, you was, uh, we were woken up one night and you heard, you know, general quarters, general quarters, you know, man your battle stations. And when they uh, call that, that means, you know, man your battle stations, mean prepare the ship for uh, battle. And I was on a supply ship. We had 1,500 people, which was a big ship. Wow. And, you know, we wasn't a battleship. We was a supply ship. So they say, man, your battle stations, you know, we all got, you know, it's time to get scared because we wasn't prepared for no battle. And here it is. I'm stuck in a uh, storeroom with another uh, shipmate of mine, which would be a, a co-worker. And I was her sponsor when she came on board ship. And she, you know, came down in tears because she had just had a baby before uh, she came on. And she's talking about how she'll never see a, a baby again and, you know, stuff like that. And then I started to think about uh, my daughter, Rachel. And Rachel had just turned two and started thinking about how, you know, if the ship gets hit, you know, when you're in your battle stations, we either preparing for if we get hit by a missile or something, we have to either try to patch the uh, ship up so it won't sink. Uh, if it does get hit in a certain area, certain area We'd have to tell them, okay, we're hit right here. We can't repair it. We have to abandon ship. So, you know, I'm thinking if I die out here, you know, I'm gonna miss Rachel. You know, Rachel won't, she's gonna grow up without a daddy and stuff like that. Well, I'm here talking to you 30 years later, so <laughs> the ship didn't sink. So, uh, <laughs> I was, huh? go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. So again, you were on a supply ship, so you really weren't prepared to fight. You no, didn't really have a um, any type of defensive mechanism, so to speak. I guess. No, we didn't. That's the last thing. You know, when they called, you know, battle stations. That was the last thing. You know, we thought about when we went to sleep that night. My gosh. That yes. was the last thing. <laughs> exactly. So uh, on the same cruise, you know, we had, uh, I was on a security team 
and uh, we were running the security drill. And I was backing up my team leader, and uh, we were uh, the second squad was coming up, and they was making all this racket uh, coming down, and you never know if it's a drill or not. And the second team was coming up making all kinds of noise, and I didn't know who it was, if it was a drill or not. So I was locked and loaded, and as soon as the second team came around uh, the corner, I had my 45 locked and loaded and directly in the face of uh, of my supervisor for my division. And her and I never got along, and I was the last person she wanted to see holding a loaded 45 in her uh, face. Well, I guess so. Yeah, so <laughs> it was uh, stuff like that. And what else? Like I said, it was stuff like that. Like I said, when I'm talking to this counselor, you know, I'm going on with that, and she's saying, "Hold on, you had okay, you was in battle station, and then you were, uh, <laughs> you had that going on. You had a loaded 45 in your uh, <laughs> supervisor's face, and I'm, you know, talking to her about that, and she said, "Okay," well, I said, "And that's not." I said, "Well, you encountered a uh, case where." at NCIS uh, interrogate me. She said, NCIS interrogate So yeah, while well, I was stationed in New Jersey, uh, someone had accused me of uh, doing something illegal. And she said, okay. I said, yeah, NCIS had me uh, in an interrogation room for about two hours. You know, telling me to go ahead, uh, say I was guilty. You know, and they would go easy on me. And they kept telling me, say I was guilty. And I told them, and I know I wasn't, I'm not going to say I was guilty. And then for six months, they will call me and tell me to go in and turn myself in and they'll go easy on me and they'll call my friends and say, you know, yeah, I'll go ahead and, you know, convince him to go ahead and turn himself in. And I, you know, told my commanding officer what they was doing and he called uh, the division uh, department and told them, you know, until y'all was ready to uh, bring charges on them, don't do it. And he told me, he said, well, he said, when they do charge you, I will be the one to court-martial you. And finally, after six months, they <laughs> went on and dropped the case, said it was nothing, you know, I did nothing wrong. So, you know, after talking to the counselor about all this, she said, they should have diagnosed you with PTSD a long time ago. Said, you've been through a lot just with that. Mm-hmm. I certainly will agree. And like I said, before I got out, uh, one of my supervisors, he, you know, he can see the signs coming and, you know, he saw the little signs that was going on with, you know, me, uh, just with me blurting out, uh, just little signs of me, uh, anger signs. And it wasn't that my people, it was, I was, uh, as far as being a supervisor, you know, every, all my people, I was type of supervisor. If uh, my people, if you dealt with my people and you try to uh, take advantage of them, you have to answer to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's one supervisor, she came at me and she started accusing me of something. I took this trash can and I threw it up against the wall and it bounced up all against the wall. Probably did a full cone bounce. (laughs) And my supervisor, yeah, her supervisor came in and, you know, he, like I said, he had been noticing stuff about me, and he didn't say anything. He just said, get your stuff, come on up and drop you off at home. 
And I'm looking, he said, no, he said, just get your stuff. I'm going to drop you off at home. Mm. And he went on, took me home. Oh, that required a sip right there. Yeah. <laughs> that, so yeah. like I said, it was just, it was little stuff that was building up that I didn't see, but like I said, people like him did see. Yeah, and I didn't notice. Yeah. So like I said, it's, it's, you may not see stuff, but people around you may see it. Sometimes it take them to actually know what's going on to actually for you to bring it to your attention. You have to bring it to your attention. Because you otherwise you're just thinking it's just natural anger. Yeah, natural anger uh, coming out. And that's really for uh, years I thought that was just me being hot-headed. You know, just, yeah, that's just Kevin being hot-headed. Mm. Now, how long had you been in the military, in the Navy, um, when the ship was about to be attacked? Uh, that was after two years. No, three years. Mm. And then this incident with the NCIS, that happened right after that? That was a year later. Oh, wow. So it was still basically right yeah. after that. It was, it was stuff. Yeah, just stuff kept building up and building up. So if someone, what are some of the signs and symptoms? So someone maybe that's dealing with someone, they can recognize the signs that it's not just normal behavior. It's not just you, a person being hot-headed or angry or, you know, lashing out, just having a moment. Um, but be able to recognize that it could be possibly something more. What are some symptoms or signs that we can recognize? Well, with me, it started to be, like said, at times, uh, it was flashback, and then I was just, <laughs> and I hate to uh, say this, you know, but grown men do cry. I would just, you know, just break out in tears for no reason. And mm -hmm. I was just, you know, uncontrollable. I was just start crying and not know why I was crying. And I would just, you know, I would uh, do that for about, you know, 25, 30 minutes and not know why I was crying. And, you know, just, and for the rest of the day, really, I just couldn't, didn't want to uh, do anything. And I, you know, didn't know what was going on. And, you know, uh, now suddenly I, you know, talked to the counselor about, and that's when she was saying that, you know, you do have a, a problem. And when I was working at the post office, this, uh, one of my poor uh, supervisors, uh, Shella, I used, I did that on her twice. And it was, you know, I wasn't doing anything that really strenuous. But when I did, uh, when it did happen, I had to uh, leave work. And I found out, you know, that was uh, one of the things that was happening because I've been uh, retired now for ew, 2014. It's for almost eight years now. I think I've only had one uh, stress attack. Wow. Well, that's great. That's great. How How is it with your, your, um, your sleeping? Does it affect your sleeping or your dreams or do you have night terrors or you know, well, I don't know if that's what you would call them errors, but where you wake up sweating in the night or anything like that from having flashbacks or dreams that would take you back to that place? Well, and that's something else that uh, a Navy related issue. And I just found out about two years ago, I was in charge of uh, funeral details. You know, when you go out and uh, you do the 21 gun salute, 
Mm-hmm. My very last one, uh, I was given uh, presenting the flag to uh, this. Uh, she was the wife, but I thought it was the daughter. And when I uh, gave it to her, she just started screaming and shouting at me because I'd said the wrong thing. Said on behalf of your uh, father, and she started screaming that it was a husband and all that, and just screaming and shouting at me. And I just I said I didn't want to uh, do the detail no more. And it was about two years ago. My wife Robin and I was sitting watching TV. And I saw all these uh, coffins uh, draped with flags, and I told her I said. That's what all those uh, dreams are about. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, all those bad dreams that I be having sometimes. I said, that's what it's about from when that woman was shouting at me. Oh, so wow. that, yeah, so that was a flashback there and that answered the questions of some of those uh, dreams. So like I said, you get flashbacks when you don't know you're gonna really get them. Mm-hmm. It comes at different moments. And that was something uh, one of the uh, VA counselors told me, said, you know, you have to be prepared for those moments like that. And you have to be, you know, don't try to push them back. You have to be willing to accept them. Like I said, and that's part of, like I said, the post-traumatic part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff, stuff, my post, like I said, that's past. You have to be prepared to uh, accept it when it comes up and you don't try to, Throw it back in the past. You have to deal with it there. Okay, and you you may have said this earlier, and I, I missed it. But are you still in counseling, or how often do you have a set time that you go, or just whenever um, you you have a, a flare up, so to speak? We have a. I go sit in on group uh, sessions. Okay. And that's oh, that those be very interesting. You hear stuff from other guys about stuff that. They uh, went through stuff they endure, and it's very you hear different stuff. Uh, this one guy talks about how he was uh, he was in a training exercise, and there was uh, an explosion, and he saw uh, guys die. Mm. So he, you know, has to relive that. Yeah, I can imagine it could be very intense. And so, like I said, it's just it's you know without with our. Uh, us dealing with PTSD, like I said, is on the extreme side of it. Like I said, uh, draped caskets and you know, uh, had a bomb scare and all that stuff like that. It's extreme, but a lot of other people don't deal with that. As far as people, you know, my uh, current wife, Robin, she's pretty much on the uh, helping me uh, deal with stuff, helping me uh, go through stuff. You know, when I uh, when I really realized what I was dealing with, I stepped down from uh, the ministry because I, you know, said I have to go through this and help myself, you know, help uh, concentrate on this more. I hope, you know, one day that I can, I hope I am able. I believe I still have a word, you know, to give, but I know it's going to be hard. You know, uh, people are, well, you may not be able to uh, bring the word back and uh, you may not, uh, the anointing may not be on you. I still feel as though I'm an, uh, anointed to uh, preach, but, uh, you know, well, I'll leave that with God. But a lot of times, people that's dealing with PTSD, once they realize uh, that they have the problem, 
Mm-hmm. They can deal with it better, and they can, you know, deal with the people around them better. And said, I'm able to uh, talk to Robin about it more because she understands me more because I'm able to talk to her more about it. And she, you know, like we're talking about something uh, today, and you know, she was, she's calm with me about it, and we'll talk about it since, you know, like. I know what it is, and she know what it is. You know, my uh, previous wife, Darlene, you know, we didn't know what I was going through. You know, I would talk to her every now and then, and she would tell me, you know, you would have these nightmares, you would be fighting and all that in your sleep. And I used to have anxiety attacks, you know. We ain't know why I was having anxiety attacks and just all kinds of stuff. Uh, I had a, a affair on her, and just all kinds, you know, my counselor said, well, if you never realized that she was going through PSD, PTSD, uh, most people, you know, they go through uh, six, seven, eight marriages before they realize uh, what they're going through because they're uh, searching for that, uh, searching for uh, something to hold on to. They're searching uh, for themselves. Why, you know, they're searching a hope. Right. For that person, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I, I can imagine it probably wreaks havoc on your marriage life, and it's important uh, to have a spouse or significant other that understands, and you can have a better understanding once you've received the diagnosis that that is exactly, you know, what you have, so you can do your research, you have a better understanding, and your heart is probably a little bit more compassionate and open to. Um, the reactions of the individual with the, the PTSD because yeah. I, you know, it's, it's really not going to last. And I know we, we've talked off offline and about how supportive your current wife is and helping you walk through some things. And, you know, I can't even imagine number one, having PTSD and, and, or living with someone with PTSD, it has to be very challenging on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it is. And like that, I can pick, you know, when I see uh, people going through stuff and I think that's what uh, helps me uh, talk to other people about it. I can pick up uh, on someone else going through it since I, deal with it and I you know I've been through a lot of problems I can pick up other people and I can tell them that you know you haven't uh you really need to talk to somebody because you know you're dealing with PTSD and there you know a lot of people try to deny it but then when I uh, tell them about you know the symptoms they're having you know why they're uh, going through it you know they uh look at me and they say you know you you know what you're right <laughs> Yeah, and I can imagine you probably have quite a few people that that will in denial because it's it's not so much at one point is received or recognized or accepted at one point. So people will deny. I don't have PTSD. No, that's not what I have. Um, so I can imagine that some people are in denial and some people just haven't recognized that that's where they are. They just think it's it's them and not a condition or. Um, dysfunction or disorder and with the black community uh too it's just they hate to uh and i really mean they hate to admit that they do have you know any kind of uh mental or mm-hmm. 
uh, disorder of any uh, sort uh, because they feel as though it's a, a weakness, uh, you know, a, a breakdown somewhere. And I was like that too. You know, I said, if I'm uh, put in that category, it'll take away from that, uh, my uh, counselor like uh, to say, take away from that Superman uh, or I try to uh, put up, say, yes, yeah, for so long you try to, be Superman, wear uh, your Superman cape, said, but it's time for you to take that off, Kevin. You can't mm-hmm. be like that, said. That's another reason why, you know, when uh, you had your break, you was trying to wear your uh, Superman cape. Because mm-hmm. when, my, when my sister Erica uh, died a few years ago, that just, ooh, that broke yeah. me uh, down uh, completely. Yeah, I know we talked during that time and I know you was telling me you was having a, a, a rough time. But I think when you know what you're dealing with and then you're surround you're getting you're getting the care, number one, that you need. You're going to counseling and, and your your appointments and things of that nature. But you have a good support system. Uh you have people that um are there that you can talk to. And I, I told you, of course, you know, we, we talk and um if it ever gets to the point you need me, here I am. I'm here for you. You have people that are praying for you. You know, you have those people that understand not only are you dealing with PTSD, but now you've added a layer of grief upon that. So that can be a very heavy weight uh, and something to really have to navigate through with care, um, love, and with time. Um well, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, a lot of people have to realize drugs and alcohol is not the way to go through uh, dealing with it. You know, uh, drugs uh, only, uh, right? it don't really ease your mind. It sometimes uh, put more ghosts in your mind than you realize because mm-hmm. it uh, make the problems worse. You are uh, thinking about one thing and it can make it a whole lot different. Yeah, it exacerbates it. I'm making exacerbate. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it just makes it worse. It compounds, and, and you're thinking that you're, you know, when I drink this alcohol, it's going to take away everything. It's gonna, in actuality, it just kind of conjures up those, those feelings that's on the inside of you to even come out and be more pronounced than when you're not. Yeah, so... I really think that people need to um, take some things in consideration. Like we see some people and we and are even on the news, maybe when we're watching the news and we don't know why people do some of the things they do, act the way, the way that they're acting. Could it be that they have PTSD? Could it be that they have some other type of um, functioning disorder that would yeah. uh, make them act or react in a certain way and I know sometimes especially uh, as being retired from the military and you're going to the VA hospital and sometimes you don't get the care or feel like you're getting the the resources from them that you should be getting and then next thing you know you have somebody running up and they're shooting up the place bombing up the place and all of that because you have gone and you've served this country the country that you know, we love so well and we speak highly of and you have sacrificed years and this is what you come out of the military with PTSD. You didn't go into the military with PTSD. 
You yeah. didn't go in there with the mindset that, oh, I, I just, you know, I can withstand, I can hold, I can handle anything. I just want to get back to my family. You didn't go in with the mindset that I'm going to get PTSD, but yet you came home with something you did not go in there with. So now once you're home, you got to manage where you are. And for um, kudos to your, your commanding officers who started to recognize the symptoms to get you on the track of getting help, the help that you needed. Kudos to you that you're consistent with getting the help that you need because it's easy to drop off. It's easy to say, I'm not going to the doctor. It's easy to say, I'm not going to take these pills. It's easy to say, you know, and I, I don't know if you're taking any type of medication or anything, but, you know, for those that are, you know, it's easy to say, I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's just like a person that, that you see that are, that are wandering the street that know that they have mental problems and they refuse to take the medication. So, you know, I just, I, I just thank God that you are still here because it could have been to the point that it's so bad that you could have taken your own life. But I thank God that you're still here. And I thank God that you have a relationship with him as well, that you're able to tap into that spiritual side and those that are surround you can tap into the spiritual side when you can't. Now, I think that's a, a big benefit too. Like I said, when I stepped down from uh, ministry, and that's one thing my counselor asked me, said, "You have you uh, given up on uh, God? I said, given up on God? I said, that's the last thing I would ever do. Mm -hmm. So it's just time for me to, you know, step back from uh, ministering for right now to, you know, concentrate more on, you know, getting uh, all my other uh, ducks in line. Right. Well, I thank you so much for joining us and just sharing a part of your life and your story and your journey of how you came about um, getting PTSD, um, the experiences and things that you've gone through and the things that, you know, um, have caused you to, you, your triggers, you know, recognizing your triggers because with, with PTSD, there are triggers that you have mentioned, you know, even seeing caskets covered with the flag that I'm sure that is a trigger. Uh, anytime you turn on the news and you're you're hearing about the wars and stuff that's going on and the the fighting and all of that, I'm sure that's a trigger. So there yeah. are different things, and it may not even be something that even is really related to that directly. That sometimes can trigger us to even go back to certain thoughts and mindsets that will bring us to a place that we don't you know desire to be. So. Um, I commend you and I thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I commend you and I thank you for your time of service that you have given to the Navy, to this country, to the, to the military, and just being the person that you are um, committed. Uh, I appreciate your wife for sticking by you and hanging in there with you and recognizing. Is there any final words that you want to leave with our listening audience? The, you know, how, let's say, let me come up with a question. I'm <laughs> uh, not so much a question, but maybe just how they should kind of handle a person that has PTSD. And I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit already. I think you, that's the key thing, handling, and that's something me and Robin was saying, handling a person with it. You have to really not handle them, but be there for them. Because like I said, handling them is uh, trying to control them, but be that for them, you know, mm -hmm. 
Yes, it always try to uh, give them their space, but be in their space. That's said, don't don't try to. You, know, you can't always uh, watch a person, but you have to try to. Uh, it's a uh, give and take. So, so basically, sure, don't yeah. crowd them. You don't want to crowd the person. You want to give them enough room to breathe and to, to exactly. be. Okay. Said they ain't crazy, but like I said, they do need you there. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, my friend. Yeah, I know we was trying, y'all. Look, we were struggling trying to get on here. It was <laughs> like everything was possibly could happen trying to keep us from getting on and, and getting this this uh, recording done. But to my listeners, I want to thank you and I pray that this uh episode will bless be a blessing to you it will be a help for you it'll be information to you and it will maybe the next time when you're watching or you're encounter or see someone that is maybe acting in a way that is strange that you may you may consider that they may be going through a little something they may have ptsd and just kind of give them a little slack. Give them a little slack. Yeah. We're so busy and we're so quick to be ready to point our fingers and say, oh, he crazy. Oh, he's this. Exactly. And we never say, well, maybe there's something wrong. Yeah. Maybe there's uh-huh. that, that that person is dealing with. That's why I tell people when you go to the store or you go somewhere to gas station or you're in some in the marketplace and someone is treating you bad or the, the cashier is ugly or nasty or dry or whatever you don't know what that person is dealing with you don't know what that person has encountered uh, even just trying to get to work you don't know if they're on their last leg you don't know if they, they don't they spent every dime they have you don't know what is going on that has not caused them to be their bubbly light fulfilling self you know and bouncing off the walls when they see you you just don't know what a person goes to so let's you know cut people some slack and just you know ask god to give us discernment ask god to help us be the best us we can be and just because someone is nasty to us do we do not or require to be nasty back yeah and you don't know uh, people right in your circle you don't know what they uh going through or what they've been through exactly that is it that is it so with that being said thank you all so much again for joining us on today this is your girl lala the queen of conquering always reminding you to be your authentic self quitting is never an option and you are a man or a woman an individual with purpose go forth and soar and we will see you on next week